Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sacks. How you doing, MB? Another Friday night. Here we are. Another, here we are. Almost October, my friend. Um, and we had an exciting week. We there was a lot of action packed into this past yeah, week. There was a lot of action, but you know, first I gotta tell you the problem with doing these shows Friday night, Saturday night is um, when you open up with uh, fish. I guess I kind of get in a groove, you know, and then I can't mm -hmm. go to sleep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's my problem, not yours. Uh, speaking of fish, it pains me to share this with the listeners because we've talked about this for going on how many weeks now. Um, but you sent the note and you said that you were pulling the plug on Halloween fish in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And... I'll be totally honest, I was relieved because my unvaccinated 20-month-old daughter, um, I couldn't go to the show, God forbid something happened, come home and have her sick. Mm -hmm. So right. yeah. I was going to wait and wait and procrastinate. But um, yeah, COVID and the, I mean, you just can't, you can't do it, right? Is that, is that how you, you can't, well, is that it, what it boiled it, down to for you? Well, uh, you know, um, so Cheryl, when she was pregnant with Maddie, had uh, a very bad case of viral pneumonia. And uh, I mean, that's like 30 years ago, right? But she has said f since that day, like she can tell she just, it's hard for her to get like a legitimate deep breath. And this is not an unfit woman, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we've been ultra sensitive, especially now because we're north of 60. Uh, and so like you, I, you know, I don't, I think if it's going to get me, it's going to get me, but the thought of maybe putting her in jeopardy, um, it just isn't worth it. And, uh, I was, it was a hard email. In fact, I didn't even want to email you. I wanted to tell you, and I, we just couldn't connect. You yeah. Know? So yeah, I figured yeah. It's yeah. time to pull the plug. And even, uh, Travis was like, you know, I completely get it. And, uh, so thank you for uh, thank you for understanding. Um, by the way, we are not the only ones because the uh, the ticket prices have come off. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I do you think I can um, uh, take a capital loss? Yes. I bought them. Yeah. I can. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. If you if you want to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Did you see? Uh, I know we had a big week, and and you've kind of got some precedent but at some point i want to circle back and talk mm -hmm. about uh michael sailor uh, go ahead let's get it out of the way he's, <laughs> off, he's off the reservation so um now i know i'm the talent and you're mm -hmm. the production marketing mm -hmm. business but i have a youtube video of him uh could i play it could oh I yeah try absolutely yep. okay yeah, yeah yeah so um here we go okay no promises I can't just tax all the Bitcoin in California. It'll move to Wyoming. It'll move to Singapore. It'll move to Malta. And at the end of the day, you can tell everybody to go fuck themselves. You can put it in your head, memorize the freaking key, right? And it's here. And then, you know, the classic Bitcoiner response is, oh, yeah, my Bitcoin, uh, I lost it in a boating accident. You ever heard that phrase? It's, it's kind of a trope, but what it means is at the end of the day, if you push me too far, I lost it. It's gone. Sorry. It's, you're right. Tax that. 
Okay, so I'd like to talk about this for a minute because um, this is where I would employ the C word, you stupid mm-hmm. effing C. Yep. So I, I have some uh, experience with the Internal Revenue Service. And um, keeping in mind, this is from sources believed to be reliable but cannot be guaranteed. When you go into tax court, okay, you are guilty until proven innocent. And my first experience with this was um, the Tivoli Restaurant, Glenwood, Illinois, <laughs> 1976, maybe. Okay. And the IRS showed up one night and had the waitresses down at the table at the end of the shift. And these women are te- were in tears because they weren't claiming their tips. And the IRS imputed an income and a penalty. Okay. So this concept that, oh, I forgot it, that ain't Boating that accident. dog don't hunt. Now, this is so multi-layered. Um, so let's just take a look at this. So he is he runs a publicly traded company. Okay. So now he has a board of directors, right? And this is a little bit of, you know, the way the system has been kind of um, put together to benefit the same people. So the board of directors has a fiduciary responsibility to protect the shareholders, okay? So if they do something that's negligent, they're liable to the shareholders, so what they do is they go and get this thing called DNO insurance. Are you familiar with this? No, go ahead. Directors and officers insurance. Mm-hmm. So if they get sued and lose, the insurance policy pays off. Understood. Okay. So um, now look, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even pretend to play one on TV anymore. Um and there's a lot of people out there like our friend Big Ed is really understands this stuff inside and out. And I'm sure he'll, he'll tell me if I've got this wrong. Um, not for a while. Cause he takes a week or two to listen. But um, when you have a situation where you have the guy who runs the company claiming, Oh, I'll just pretend I forgot it or I lost it. That, that to me, demonstrates what when i took business law we would call criminal negligence and the directors are protected by this dno insurance compare that to a compliance officer a chief compliance officer cco these people have personal liability if they make a significant error so you've got an employee of the company who is just like a working man or woman or working they. Mm-hmm. Yep, they. And then you have these directors who are getting, you know, two, three hundred grand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they fuck it up. Eh. Yeah. Oops. Yep, we're out of here. My bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, insurance covers my that. My bad. Stick my yep. hand up. My bad. Mm-hmm. Fuck that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as yep. long as we're on the topic, this other clown, um, Jack Dorsey, that's the Twitter guy, right? Yeah. Okay. So 
they got fined $806 million for something. I think it was this week. And this is the thing that, once again, you know, um, the, the foundation in my mind has crumbled. They're fined $806 million by some government agency. FTC or something? Yeah. Pick them. Okay. Right? Yeah. 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 That's the uh, government uh, alphabet soup. But the the deal they cut is, you know, they don't admit or deny any wrongdoing. Yeah. Come on. Yep. Tell me. Mm-hmm. You're paying $806 million and you did nothing wrong? Yep. Mm-hmm. So the lesson, what's the lesson we're, we're teaching our kids? Crime pays. Yep. 100%. Full stop. Right? And then once again, you know. The, and money will make it go away. Yeah. Yeah. So the middle class... I don't blame them for if they uh, get out the the torches and the pitchforks, right? Because this is just it's just this is just not right. I know. Yeah, yeah. So that's my that's my angry old man speech for tonight. So take okay. it away. Mm. Oh, all right. Well, that brings me right to like who I've spent a lot of time watching this week. Speaking of angry old men, um, is Leon Cooperman. Ah. You know, um, and for some reason, I don't know why I stumbled across him. It might have been you mentioned him about something, but I've I went down the rabbit hole and I've watched mm-hmm. you know all of his you know all his comments on things. Yeah, and I went to something that he said. This was probably two months ago, and he mentioned about how you know the, the fundamentals don't exist anymore. The market structure is broken. He said. Um, and, you know, he did. He sounded like an angry old man, but he also he, he wasn't lying. You know, he said it's an artificial situation, which I think is a great way of describing it. What You know, the artificial situation, you know, bringing all that money back and all that stimulus back and keeping those interest rates really low. It's artificial. It's not it's not the normal. It doesn't reflect the true economic situation or market valuations or any of the fundamentals, right? Is that, does that make sense? Well, so, um, there's a lot to unpack here. Okay. Uh, I did have the, uh, the, uh, interesting experience of having dinner with Lee. We, we literally had the early bird special at the Mykonos restaurant in Manhattan Awesome. We, had to, we got the order in at five fifty nine. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> like Lee, what's the hurry? I'll pay. I know you're paying. It's the right thing to do. Okay. Um. So, uh, first of all, uh, there's a ton of disingenuousness in what he he says, and and there's a, a bunch of things that are true. But you know, he he bundles this stuff up so to sort of the untrained eye. You know, you can focus on one bits and pieces. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he claims it's all screwed up, right? Basically. Yeah. Yet he's yeah. fully invested. He calls well, himself it, a fully invested bear. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, okay. Okay. I know. I know. So uh, that, you're right. There, there's you're right. Ab- it's like there's absolutely no logic there. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, he says the market's fairly priced for where interest rates are, but interest rates are wrong, according to him. It's also true. Yes. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's, it's like he's working logic. with what he's got. He's working with what he's got. You know, this is what these guys do. Okay. This is what Warren Buffett does. This is what Stanley Druckenmuller does. 
Charlie Munger. Okay. So um, let's go back to 1983, Morris Sachs getting his master's in accounting science. And he had uh, an accounting professor named Norton Bedford. Okay. Um, And this guy was really talented. So in 1983, when I was taken, I forget the accounting class from him, which one it was, but what he was working on was for projects for guys, for investors, they could go and buy a company. They could liquidate the assets and there would be money left over. That's how cheap things were. They were trading below book value. Okay. There wasn't perfect information. Interest rates were 20%. Okay. And so these guys, good on them, they bought and bought and bought and they bought the right things and they bought the wrong things and they bought the neutral things. And like I said, when I was on the Florida Board of Trade, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was at 798. Where's it now? 30 something thousand? Yeah. Okay. So to their credit, they grabbed a lot and they hung on. Yeah. Okay. So I can't do the math in my head, but I'm guessing if you took $5 million in 1982, Oh, stop. Right? You, what, oh, you see yeah. what I'm getting at, right? Oh, okay. yeah. Forget so, it. So now that this is what they do, they're long. So there's this guy who writes a newsletter to um, people similar to um, what's done in that podcast called Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. a very particular, it's a very particular type of client, uh, not mm-hmm. clientele, but readership. And the guy has um, a couple of laws. Um, it's one is um, Peter's first law and Peter's second law. Peter's second law is no long only fund manager ever got fired for being long when the market went down. Another example of this. So, um, you know, the general level I hold uh, brokers and the, the the disdain I have for brokers, right? Okay. Well, when you get to a certain uh, level of income, the people who help most people with their investments, they might technically be brokers, but it's a different sort of thing because it's not the smile and dial, mm-hmm. you know, stuff and stuff and widows and orphans. These are smart men and women and days. Am I, am I saying that right? That's yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Close enough. That's you know what? That's all you're getting. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, these are these are talented people, right? And there's two guys, two men that I'm thinking of in particular. One at prestigious investment bank A, and one at prestigious investment bank B. One guy I do business with, terrific home run. The yep. other guy we're friends socially with okay? mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. do any business with them. Mm-hmm. So the guy I'm, I'm socially friendly with, I'm a little more comfortable asking sort of the probing questions. Sure. Not they never discusses a client's name, anything mm-hmm. like that. But you know, just like I'll talk here. Like I, I can say, no, a guy is this. Or, okay. Of course. 
So I asked him, because he was very bearish like two or three weeks ago. Okay. And I said, uh, well, how much are you sold? And he starts hemming and hawing. I did a little of this. I said, look, I don't be spinning your yarn. I speak this language. Mm-hmm. How much are you sold? And he says, well, basically nothing. I said, but you're bearish. He said, yes. However, I feel I have a fiduciary responsibility. People come to me. They want me to put their money to work. So I put their money to work. Yeah. And he said, there's enough academic evidence that says don't time the market, which, by the way, I agree with. Okay. Okay. So when you listen to Lee Cooperman, this sucks, that sucks, this sucks, that sucks, that sucks. Oh, yeah, I'm fully invested. Because that's that's just what they do. Yeah, yeah. Right? So um, did I answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He, I just he like did his, say. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go. Go, go, go. So uh, I watched a bit of what one of those uh, uh, clips that you were interested in. I watched it because I, you know, it's hard for me to listen to him at this point, you know, especially when he broke down crying, talking about loving the United States of America. I think, you know, there's very, very good treatment for older people with depression these days. <laughs> I can recommend some names <laughs> and some sources. He could come on the show. I mean, he'd fit right in, you know? No, he's got it's, he's it's, got, it's nine o'clock. It's he's been right, asleep right, right, for two hours. Right, dude. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um where oh, okay. So one of the things he talked about, which I do find uh, there is there is some substance to it. The the difficult part is when he communicates it, he communicates it like the angry old man that I'm probably becoming. But you know, at this point, I still am bridging the generations enough to hear what he says. Yes, yes. So back in the day, okay, there was this thing called an uptick rule. Mm-hmm. Probably have no idea what that is, do you? Uh, I, I do only because, what, they kicked a, what was it, almost like a like a circuit breaker if it went? No, no. forget it. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. So, okay. I heard him so, talk about it, and they got rid of it, so go ahead. Yes. So what it was, was it was instituted after the stock market crash because if you wanted to initiate a short position, okay, that meant you went from being neutral with no position to be short, which would be your new position of a, of a short. What they felt was, and I think there's a little truth to this, a little truth, that um, if you were long the stock, and you wanted to get out, did you really have to compete against guys trying to pound the snot out of the thing in front of you? Mm-hmm. So if you used to enter a, a sale ticket in equities, it would be marked uh, uh, outright sale or short sale. And so to get a short sale executed, you would have to get it. What at this point, and um, I wish Kevin was here because he knows this stuff, Cole, but you'd have to get, I think they called it a plus tick, meaning you'd have to get an uptick in the market mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. sell it. Interesting. So okay. anybody that was just selling, quote, at the market, 
they're going to be hitting bids as the market goes down. But a short seller couldn't do that. So they eliminated that under the concept that, well, there's no uptick rule in futures contracts. So guys are short in the S&P futures. Why can't we just sell the, the, the stocks? And so somehow, you know, they get, they, uh, it was probably similar to when they went from trading in fractions like eighths and quarters to decimal. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know that I got that timing right, but that's fine. So Lee was making the point that you have a lot of this. He called it the machines. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of algorithmic trading. uh, And the purveyors of algorithmic trading, okay, they, they will tell you up and down that they're providing liquidity and they're good for the market. Bullshit. Yeah, okay. Morris Sachs says they're criminals, right? It, it, it's... Off the, I mean, it, off the record. <laughs> it's up to with being a real estate broker. Right. I think on the bike ride you said criminals. <laughs> okay. Crooks. Well, that's, <laughs> that's hearsay. We cannot okay. be admitted in the court right. of law. Exactly, exactly. Um. You know, I don't think we're. I don't think we're doing anybody a service by having this immediate execution of orders and uh, front running of clients. It's just wrong. We don't need it. It doesn't add value. Um, and it's it. It really is the easiest thing in the world to fix. You know, somebody wants to put an wants to put an order in okay then you know uh charge them a nickel per yeah per entry something or mm-hmm. it has to be in for 90 seconds or something like that right something yeah. just that yeah. there's a bit of a penalty if they're just playing the game of front running people and i th- you know i don't i i mean clearly i haven't spent a lot of time thinking through this but you know i i think there's a lot of ways uh, to make this a little bit better for the real investor. I was and just going to say better for the, the real investor, right? The little you know? guy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, look, I, I'm not trying to, you know, get a, a, a riot going or anything like that. I, I leave that to the people with the masks in the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's just like at some point, we talk about this ESG stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's uh, what's that stand for? You Environmental, mm-hmm. and, social, uh, social, and governance, right? Sure, yeah. Well, it, you know, because those because those three things go together, you know. So I was riding with Big E on Wednesday, who, who, by the way, very fit. Yeah, very, I know. Very, oh, very I know. Fit. Uh, yeah. And you know these guys—they do the same thing. They all do the you're same no, you're thing. You're no too. slouch yourself. I mean, like. Well, you're very, you're very generous with your praise. Thank you. <laughs> but you know, they trick me. They'll ask me a question that isn't a yes or no. So oh, then I got. I'm talking, and they're riding, and you know. Face of the hill. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we rode over there by Trinity. Mm-hmm. You know that up in uh, Pound Ridge, and. Oh uh, yeah. Hey. Sharp, 
sharp blind turns, steep kickers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he and uh, the other guy, Biggie, the other guy and I were riding around there at least 10 years ago. It was a fall day, and there was a little bit of frost on the road, and Biggie, Biggie took a header, okay? Gets up, dusts himself off, rides 20 miles home. Okay, we ride him home. Broken collarbone. Guy rode I was just going to say. Broken collarbone. Yeah, adrenaline's imagine? an incredible thing. It's amazing. Wow. Now, now that I think about it, I didn't, I, remembering this, and I did not, I, I could have set this up better. Several years later, I rode 100 miles with a broken rib. It's funny how this, I, excuse me, I, Cheryl has been trying to retrain how I do things. So, for instance, if I, I said it's funny, right? That means I'm telling you how you're supposed to feel. Okay. I think it's funny slash interesting. So when you break a rib, right, it doesn't really hurt. It obviously hurts when you break it, but it takes a couple of days because the area where you you have the broken rib gets all this inflammation and it holds the rib in place protects it yeah right and as the inflammation goes down that's where the pain starts Mm -hmm. so i was climbing with marty up at the gunks doing some really easy route and i got off route and he starts to tell me you know mb you want to come a little i'm like don't tell me i'll figure it out right well, I slip, I pendulum, I hit my back against the wall, and I can I, I know something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, all of a sudden there are other people on other um, uh, routes, and they're looking at me because of the noise that this made. And, and Marty's like, "Yeah, right." And I'm like, uh, "Yeah." And so he lowers me, he comes down, and all I'm thinking at this point is, I hope he doesn't make me keep climbing. You know, <laughs> right, right. Like the tough love thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, uh, can we go home? And he's like, sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. So we go have lunch and uh, I go home and, you know, it's no big deal. Like the next day I go out to California to see, uh, you know, the my friend who was living mm-hmm. on Palo Alto. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I meet him and I meet Charlie and I meet uh, Joao. I don't think Big E was there, okay? So we go out and we do like the Stinson's Beach Loop, you okay. know, from like Sausalito. It was just, just freaking glorious, right? Just yeah, glorious. paradise, yeah. Yeah, and as the ride's going on, it's like all of a sudden I realize I can't turn my head to the left. Like, yeah. oh, wow, this is weird. Mm. And so anyway, uh, finish the ride probably wasn't 100 miles but it was maybe 80 miles or something it's with guys like they're drilling it right yeah 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 so the next day i'm supposed to get up and go meet cheryl at the airport i can't get out of bed kicked in yeah (laughs) it was one of those i had to roll Mm -hmm. out of the bed kind of thing oh yeah Mm -hmm. and then you know monday i get the x-ray and the guy's like oh yeah you know displaced non-displaced fracture yada 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 i said so what do i do he says just don't break it again Wow. Just don't fall again. Mm -hmm. Have you had a broken rib? Nope. Nope. Yeah. That's a tough one. 
Nope. No, I've been lucky. Um, How do we get from uh, Lee Cooperman to me talking about riding my bike and breaking a rib? I have no idea. Um, well, why don't we? Why don't we uh, figure it out and, and return after these commercial messages from our sponsor? Right, our sponsors, right? Exactly. <laughs> Coinbase. Um, who is? <laughs> Uh, looking to get money looking to get money out of china in a pinch called coinbase Um, yeah interesting man um yeah so that was much ado about nothing you know i was all proud of myself on sunday when uh when the evergrand news was was bubbling it finally made it to the front burner um and and i was all 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 tickled pink with myself and i sent you an email you know pounding my chest saying i've been talking about evergrand yes you have Okay, what happens Monday? Okay, we go down. All right, what, where are we Tuesday? Like it never yeah. happened. No problem. Never you know? happened. It's never not happened. a Lehman moment. It's not no. Yeah. The what was it? Well, the the word they were using on Monday was oh the contagion effects. Oh, be, yeah. beware the contagion effects. Okay, um, sure, All right. Yeah, I get it. So I was uh, emailing uh, back and forth with Leslie because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have this phrase like when something doesn't feel right, we'll say uh, there's a there's a disturbance in the force. You know, and uh, I think he's lightened up on his equities. Of course, you know I haven't owned one in years, and I love when they beat the snout out of markets, except gold and silver, obviously. But right, it's a different story. The reason I like when they beat them up is because that's when people do stupid things, and you know that. Yeah, good time for me to get involved, right? And so Monday, I'm trying to remember. Was Monday the big sell-off, and it came back a bit? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, oh, can we talk about that at three fifty-five? Okay, five minutes before the bell rang, it it, boom. Like, see you later. All, all your, all your, your dip is 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 borderline erased almost. You know, it went from down five percent to down two percent. Whatever. Go ahead. Exactly. I'm, I'm delighted you pointed that out because I was going back and forth with Leslie talking about how, for me, to believe it was a real sell-off and not one of these guys pushing it around, um, it needed to close lower, like near the low of the day. I, I don't feel comfortable that sell-offs are for real when you get these mega bounces. It, yeah. It, and that's what me, happened at, yeah. at, at 10 to four, you know? Yeah. Well, th- what that, what that is, is those are the day shorts. Number one, no, those are the day shorts. And then those are, I'm not going to get this right, but I'm going to get close. Okay. So I, I think what happens is people will call up and they'll, put money into or they'll transfer funds into their you know fidelity market neutral fund or something like that and so as those orders accumulate throughout the day those orders go in it to to buy in the last five or ten minutes of the of the um uh, of the trading session there was something, and I'll just kind of put it out there and admit that I don't remember exactly what was going on, but there used to be some way that traders were able to sort of, I don't think it was entirely legit, 
get an advantage if there was a big change between 4 o'clock and maybe 4.15 because of the way uh, if you put an order into a mutual fund, how it got executed, and then where you could trade it in the market. Yeah. Wow. So there was a, they were taking advantage of people. And uh, this gal I've mentioned before who I was friendly with, uh, Noreen Harrington, made a big deal about it. And it was like a 60-minute expose kind of thing. And so, I, you know, I, I apologize for not being more on top of it, but once again, it was stocks and it was 20 yeah, years yeah. ago and stuff like that. So, Well, yeah. no, but you were, you nailed, but, but like talking about Monday, because, you know, 9.30, the, you know, bell rangs and they're down. And it was, you, you had mentioned that number 43.50 on last week's episode yeah. where you said right. things happen around 43.50 or whatever it was, 43.90. And sure enough, 9.35, I emailed you and I said, yeah. The, the, here you are there's your number and yeah. and down it went and so whoever's well, it, it it it's you have these groups as i mentioned at one point you know that's the the technical guys meaning the charts right and they they kind of all look at certain points and uh yeah you know does this stuff work i mean i've you know i what can i tell you i've i've mentioned in the past that i like to be aware of it but I tend to be more fundamental, but you know, when everyone's focusing on something, um, it becomes, you know, a, a, a level at which things trade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have an explanation. Um, fundamentals. That's interesting. That you, yeah. are those are to those don't even really exist anymore. You know, you know, um, we've gotten to be, because of the way the internet has developed, news has gotten to be transmitted so quickly. And people expect to th see things happen so fast that there's times, perhaps we're in one of them, where it's just going to take a while. And especially when you have bull markets, which are, truly unique things, right? Remember the reminiscences of a stock operator with the old guy says that Mr. So-and-so got a tip for you. He says, thank you. But after all, it is a bull market. Mm -hmm. it, you know, these things trade and bull markets just dismiss anything that they don't want to see. And that stays that way until you know, we've reached a sideways market or, or a bear market. And right now, there's a lot of liquidity. There's a lot of household wealth. And there's a lot of momentum. You know, those are tough things to fade. Um, you talk about, no, can I ask you about M1, M2? Does that have to do can, with... You can try. <laughs> I don't want to waste time. People tell me to... Uh, I, I, no, ask me, people, ask me. I mean, I, how yeah, important, how important are those, do those two matter? Explain them to me to explain to me. Why do I need to pay attention to okay. M1 and M2? Well, I, you know, M1 and M2 are basically, you know, the, they say the nation's basic money supply. So that's, that's money of, of, uh, zero duration or very short duration, meaning it's cash in circulation. Okay. 
checking accounts, which are also known as demand accounts, savings accounts. Maybe M2 might include certificates of deposit, stuff like that. Okay. And so, um, you know, if there's a lot of money floating around in M1 and M2, uh, that should stimulate growth. And uh, if you see a decline in M1 and M2, that is going to move to constrict the economy. So when you look at guys like me or Jim Grant, Grant's interest rate observer, the 13D guys, Dave Cal, Dave Rosenberg, Rosenberg Research, which we no longer subscribe to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, we look at explosive money supply growth, which we've had over the last year and 18 months. And so like the old generals fighting the last war, we expected to see the price of gold take off. And then, well, it did. It went from 1200 to 2000 and now it's languishing in the 1700s. Um, so, uh, you know, who knows where it goes from there. That's a different discussion. But so the reason you want to know about the money supply is because historically there's been a correlation between the way the economy moves and the direction of money supply growth. Does that, okay. does that yeah, answer absolutely. your question yeah. a little bit? And there's never been more money, right? I mean, the amount of money that's kicking around, home values have never been higher. Like you said, household wealth has never been higher. Yeah, so I, I like this uh, uh, thing I get every day. It's called the Daily Shot. Um, Les Borofsky, I think is the guy's name. Anyway, I, I suspect it's like 100 bucks a year. Like best 100 bucks you're going to spend. And what I really like about it is it's just charts. It's just pictures, and for for me, that's that's really great because I can look at them quick, and if I like them, I can screenshot them. And so the household wealth thing, as you point out, it's gargantuan, never been bigger, growing at an increasing rate. And um, that was in one of his charts today. And the following chart talked about where did that growth come from? And it's predominantly equities. So you have the economy sort of being uh, boosted because the consumer feels good, because his wealth has gone up, because equities go up, right? So they're, they're generating some implicit leverage because if equity, I mean, equities never go down, right? <laughs> but let's just say they do. Well, then all of a sudden that wealth effect is going to start to disappear. One thing, and, and I didn't have time to break this down, um, I don't think that information that I had includes the increase in household wealth due to increase in wealth value. Excuse me, how do I say that? The increase in household wealth doesn't include the increase in home value. Home value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, Home values are up pretty significantly, depending on where you are. It could be quite a lot, but in general, they're up. Yeah. Uh, so right now, people are feeling pretty good. What I was going to say a mo moment ago. But I was going to say, but that, uh, that's, con that's contradicted by that Michigan consumer confidence, doesn't it? So 
I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that's leading me down the road of the angry old man path, I was thinking a lot about this, okay? So this is may sound a little goofy, but I think there's more truth to this than anything else. It's no secret, okay, that I've been really irritated with how the market's been trading, been bummed out about how the gold, yada, 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 okay? I think what's caused my frustration is I see all of these things. Now, you just mentioned something which is a great example. Number one, household wealth is, has gone up a great deal, right? But then the University of Michigan consumer sentiment stuff is in the crapper. Those seem inconsistent, right? Okay, so I could probably give you a dozen examples like that where you have things that just don't make any sense. And, and so what's happening is I'm becoming confused with what's going on, and the confusion leads to frustration and maybe anger, okay? And, you know, maybe this is a little too self-analytic, but, you know, for somebody like me who had three roles, right? I was a manager of people. I was a manager of traders. And then I was a trader, okay? So the hardest thing was being a trader and being your own manager, right? And I've always said that, yeah. Uh, well, how do you, you know, you're the one that has mm-hmm. to call bullshit on yourself, right? Yeah. And so, like, I look at the prices and they're the prices. It's, it's like, it doesn't do me any good about being mad about it. That's yeah. what they are. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to be mad? Be mad. Be Don Quixote, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But, you know, what is difficult for me is what you just said, right? We've got big household wealth, number one. Number two, we just came out of a pandemic, right? How? Yeah. Explain this to me. If having a pandemic increased household wealth, right, and did all these great things, why don't we just tell everyone to stay home? Yeah. That's what's it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't think anyone's going back, MB. I don't get this. I'm very I'm still confused. driving by. I'm still driving by empty train stations. I still have friends that are going back to the office maybe once a month. Maybe once a month. Uh, you know, uh, there's a good portion of it is guys aren't going to the office, but a lot of it is like Cheryl Lee said, going to the city today. Thank you. Sure. Train. Right. Yeah, of course. No, I understand that. But um, I think there's been a massive shift to, to, to the people's lifestyles that is now permanent. And I think people going back to the office is, is a big deal. Um, how, what percentage of people you think are now working from home? If you've got 10 yeah. friends, how many of them are working from home? I wish I had 10 friends. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, like, do you want me to like give you some examples? Cause I, you know, Lorenzo, DeLuco, Paulie D, you know, yeah. I was going to throw you some meatballs there, you know, Tommy G, uh, the, all the fellas, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, um, oh, cause, fuck, o- cause know. only one of those guys is in the office. So, so how about that? I just rattled okay. off five guys. One's yeah. in the office. Okay. So, um, daughter two, uh, is I think 
pretty much as remote as she wants or as much in the office as she wants. And daughter three, I think, is halftime. And daughter one is 100% because they're Canadians and, yeah. you know. It's different. They're, they're going they're, to work. They're adults. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Right, um, right, right. I, I, I could say I have an opinion about where it's going to go, but my opinion is not worth anything more than anybody else's. Um, I, I just know my – there's one business I'm pretty familiar with, and that's trading, okay? I believe fervently that traders have to be in the same room for oh, all yeah. sorts of reasons, okay? The rest of the stuff, I mean, clearly I don't know how to run any other businesses. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right, you, you just you you you're gonna make me do it, okay? And I'm gonna tie it all together. All right, since we're talking about inflation and the supply chains, you're gonna okay? tie it all together. I'm gonna. I'm, I'll play. I'm just fascinated because I I never knew this little tidbit. Um, so I was gonna make my lovely wife a margalisa Sunday afternoon. Oh, you know, okay, okay. So I go down to the uh, to the local liquor store. And there is not a drop of Anejo tequila left, okay? Huh. So you can get Reposado, you can get Blanco, you can get a bunch of junk. But if you want... A, all right, so Casamigos, all right? So Casamigos, which is... Clooney's. Yeah, it's uh, Clooney's yeah. thing. All right, so that to me, that's a, it's a good tequila, all right? Yeah, yeah. Gone, unavailable. The other one yeah. she likes, gone, unavailable. Yeah. So... Imagine didn't didn't you have a little a little hand in a tequila? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, De Leon, De Leon, huh? Big 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 Ed and I owned part of the De Leon. Yeah, another okay. F. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think that was a hundred and twenty percent loss, but I, I was going to say I, I think <laughs> I think we got half our money back. <sighs> this is the yeah, thing that amazes me. This is what amazes me more than anything else. You got all these companies going public, billions of dollars. They don't make any money, right? I've been in, done these stupid little businesses for 40 years. Making money's fucking hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. You know? Yeah. And, uh, oh, mm -hmm. no, they're going to make. So let's take a look at Coinbase because, you know, I, I got a, a bug up my please, ass about this stuff. Please, please, please. I don't know. Let's say they're worth $80 billion. 40 billion, 60 billion, pick a number. Imagine that. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Let's call it X. All right. Well, China just outlawed the thing. What if what if Gensler's like, you know what? I don't like this. Better yet, what if somebody hacks it and steals all the money? That's that's actually good for Bitcoin. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. That would be a plus, okay? That would be <laughs> bullish, all right? If we have a big hack that, you know, then that it, That's right. Then there's you know, it cuts down on supply and exactly. it highlights, exactly. um, you know, the whatever bullshit way they spin it's like it. You a know where I'm going, far man. side cartoon. It really is. Okay. So, yep. so, so talking about Bitcoin. Okay. I had Tuesday morning, I had coffee with, uh, we'll just call it person X, who is uh, a legitimate uh, technology professional. I'll even go to say world class. Okay. And so we were talking and, and they actually happened to be a, uh, a regular listener. Okay. So this person says to me, look, 
I agree with everything you say about the crypto universe. There's no regulation. You have all sorts of criminal behavior. There's no clear protocol to follow. All sorts of questions. But understand that this is a new technology. There are some bona fide uses for it. And it will take many, many years for those uses to become clear. And uh, I think very highly of this person, and I, I, I put my mind to work about that, okay? So what I came up with was thinking about in my career what new sorts of products, what new sorts of technologies have we come up with, okay? So the first one, and uh, this will sound like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, this is all long before you were born. There was a new product called Zero Coupons, Zero Coupon Bonds. And so just for full disclosure about what this is, was bonds used to be in two forms. Bear bonds, which meant it was just like dollar bills, whoever was holding them, owned them. And registered bonds, where it would be a certificate and your name would be on it. If you planned on ever trading the bonds, you need to have them in bearer form. This is back in like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. If you had them in registered form, it took like 30 days to get them deregistered. So they were like a pain in the ass to trade. So for the bearer bonds, it would be like this big treasury certificate. And at the bottom would be these coupons. And so what you would do would be on the date of the interest, you would cut the coupon, literally take a scissors, yeah. cut yeah, the coupon, yeah. okay? You put it in an envelope, you take it to the teller at a certain bank, you give the, okay? And then the money would go in your bank account, okay? So some bright guy, I think the guy was at Merrill Lynch, forget the guy's name, but he was like, well, look, we can cut all these coupons up and we can trade them. There's no reason we can't do that. And maybe somebody doesn't want the whole bond. Maybe they just want an interest payment 20 years from now. Right? This is all yeah. kind of new thought, right? Well, then, you know, the treasury here is that people are cutting up their bonds and they took this, you're defacing public property, blah, blah, blah. But then everyone realized, hey, wait a minute, that, that actually makes some sense. There's a real reason for that. And lo and behold, zero coupon bonds now are, are ubiquitous, okay? So next thing that comes along is something you may not have much experience with, but it's called an interest rate swap. So let's say you're a corporation that needs to borrow money, uh, and um, you, you want to borrow money on a, a floating you know, rate level. Well, you could go issue a fixed rate bond, go to a dealer and receive on an interest rate swap, and you've turned your fixed rate borrowing into a floating rate borrowing. Well, so in like 1983, 1984, this was just coming about, and I, I was there and I saw it. Once again, thing makes some sense. Another product you may have heard of, mortgage-backed securities. Solomon Brothers kind of invented this notion that you would buy mortgages that were issued by banks and they would put them in pools and they, okay, right? Then now you got a mortgage-backed 
security product. That's a Once good again. story, though, isn't that? Yeah. But you see what I'm getting at here, right? Yeah, new, yeah. New, new products come along all the time, but they really added value, okay? And I've got a few more of these things. You know, one would be like a default swap that you could talk about or something which is really arcane, but uh, tri-party tri repo, which means nothing to 99% of the people, but it was a pretty big deal. But all of these things really made sense. They added immediate value. They may have taken a little while to come to understand, but they were legitimate. They were robust. They didn't help nefarious activities, and they were quickly embraced by the regulatory people. Okay. So with all due respect to my friend who said, you know, the crypto stuff is a nascent industry, it, it could well be, and I, out of respect, I will try and understand it. But, you know, frankly, I just don't see the logic behind any government supporting a cryptocurrency unless they issue it themselves. I was just going to say, China's going to, yeah. And doesn't so, that defeat the decentralized aspect of it? Well, that's the, I mean, that that's why governments would probably want to outlaw it, you know? Like, how about that Michael Saylor thing? I mean, you got a guy running a, I don't know if it's Fortune 500 company, but a big company saying, yeah, well, sure. you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I, I lost the yeah. voting. You fucking idiot. Gary Gensler's got his hands full. I will go on record that I will go down there and work for a dollar for a year if they make me minister without portfolio. <laughs> Could you imagine how much fun that would be? Uh, you wouldn't step on anyone's toes down there. <laughs> no. no. I fit right in. Yeah, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can be very charming when I want to be. I, I'm aware. Um, yeah, that's I, why the chicks yeah. dig me. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, right. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Coinbase. Yeah, yeah Coinbase. Grayscale, yeah. Bitcoin Trust, Tesla, Tether. Um, who else? <laughs> FTX. You want to put FTX in there? <laughs> Jesus Christmas. Um, did you hear the right, bad news? Before oh, go we ahead, go. go oh, yeah, please. Did you hear More about bad news? <laughs> well, those poor kids, Musk and Grimes broke up. I, I was a little disappointed to hear that. Do you know the you know the kid's name? I we were talking. Cheryl, Lisa, and I were having a pre-show uh, cocktail in the green room, and mm -hmm. um, <laughs> they both tried to pronounce it. Apparently, it's it's unpronounceable. It's yeah. There you go. Okay. Imagine that. Imagine um, that. So, I'm sorry that I didn't get to talk to you about your gold. You know, I really. Um, it's okay. I, it's okay. It's okay. Is it okay? Yeah, I've I've uh, I've decathected. I have I've I'm prepared emotionally for a loss, and uh, um, I spoke to uh, Leslie Leslie uh, yesterday, and uh, or the day before, or maybe both. So when Leslie needs to have like legitimate conversation, he calls me, and when I need to have a legitimate conversation, I call him, and then 
he's the one guy that will always cry bullshit with me. Uh, and he told me it's enough. I've done enough beating myself up over the gold and silver. So uh, I'm going to mark it to zero, and I'm going to forget about it. And, uh, you know, maybe get lucky. But uh, I'm just going to wait till I uh, snap out of it and uh, get back to work. All right, pal, this has been fun. Um, I really appreciate you uh, going on about that. Um, I'm going to watch, you know. <laughs> it's been nice. It's been real. It's been nice, but it hasn't been real nice. Yeah, I. Um, it's really, it's been bothering me the whole time. And, you know, it's people are paying attention to it. You're getting comments in the, in the Kevin Muir threads about people, you know, there's a lot of people that have, that have been bearing that cross of gold with you. Um, so it's been, it's been, um, it's been painful for all of us. Hey, you know, I, I, I hope nobody put money <laughs> on the line because of, of me. It's no. just, that's just how I do things. You know, I think I, I got, uh, an idea and I get out to Big Bat and I think I've cut at it. And you know what? Yeah. The, you strike out a lot. So. It's all right. Oh, all right. All right, buddy. This has been great. Thank you. Nice to see you. Have a good one. I'll weekend. see you next week, pal. Cheers.